Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hi, I'm Tracy Koga. And thanks for downloading this podcast from ilikehugh.com. If you can, give us a follow or subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at ilikehugh.com. Now, let's get started. virtual chat. I'm Tracy Koga and uh, we're going to have a very interesting conversation today. So I'm going to bring in the ladies that are already here. We're starting a little bit earlier because I confess as soon as we're done here, I've got a big interview with Dr. Joss Reimer. So I know that we're going to have a a big conversation. I see Sylvia like, where are you going, Sylvia? You've got an actual camera following you. It's like a... (laughs) Oh, you're, you're muted. Sylvia and Linda, too, unmute yourselves so we can hear some audio. Good morning. Good morning. Did that work? Can you guys hear me? Yes, can hear you loud and clear. Beautiful. Yes. Tracy, you look stunning. Oh, well, thank you. Stunning. Oh, thank you. And so do you, Linda. Hi, Linda. (laughs) Nice to meet you, Sylvia. Nice to meet you, too. Linda, what do you do? I'm a coach and I work with women entrepreneurs. So I do both business coaching and life coaching. Beautiful. What do you do? What's your business? So I'm a professional speaker. My area of kind of extreme focus and specialty is dealing with stress. Nice. Um, So I kind of loosely group my topics into corporate health and personal health. And I also do coaching, although it has not been... I, I worked the majority of my career in the field of mental health. So when I started my own business as a speaker, I wasn't really coaching, but then lots of people asked for that. So I coach when clients ask for it. Nice. <laughs> so we're, at, we're asking for it today. <laughs> yeah. And, and Sonia will be joining us, Tracy. She's Yay, in transit. Okay. So she'll hop on about 11.30 if that's okay for you guys. It's certainly. We welcome everybody to come. I know everybody's got different schedules. And, I, and Cynthia's yeah. going to be joining us all the way across the pond from England. She's going to be round two. Um, Beautiful. Be, yeah, I, I just thought, I mean, and through the course of doing this show, I've just met so many amazing women that are coaching, that are doing all of these incredible things. And I just thought that... Well, let's talk about this. Like one, celebrate, uh, but two, yes. um, you know, maybe question the reasoning why we need this. Maybe we don't need this. How do we know what is the right fit? You know, for everyone. So, um, oh, great it, because, questions. Uh, yeah. So I thought that we would do that today and uh, make sure that um, you know everybody can take away something. You know, and, and find out maybe what's really important is finding out something that you didn't know about yourself, right? Which I think that's your goals, especially for Linda and yourself, Sylvia. Yeah. And uh, and hi, Charlotte. I'm changing the subject. 
Have you found a house? Is your house sold? <laughs> My house is sold. Yay! Okay, super quick. Yeah. Hello, Charlotte. Hi. <laughs> and uh, I, you know what? I um, we have a cottage. Yeah. And we're looking for a bigger one. <laughs> so um, that's kind of what we're doing right now. So potentially, you could become a Ontario resident then. <laughs> um, down the road, not in the near future. How's that? Oh, sounds good. Yeah. Are you allowed to get to your cottage right now or no? Or No, unless I announce that I am moving there. Okay. Got so you. I'm back in Winnipeg. Okay. Oh, well. Oh, that's like these are crazy times. Like this is cottage season. I know. It's yeah. going to be very interesting. Oh, and hello, Rana. Good to see you again. I love the green on you. And how is how is how is Ramadan going? Oh, all good, all good. <laughs> missed a few. I definitely missed a few, but uh, yeah, I'm yeah. just busy with work. That's all. Well, that's work is good. Yeah, all of us is living like everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Making it through, pushing the best you can. Yeah. But it's good to see everyone. Hi. Yes. Hi, Hi Susan. Hello. Good to see you. Yeah. So we're going to get right into it. Um, you know, it's kind of, uh, yes, like we've all been kind of saying, crazy times, moving, you know, switching careers, whatever, trying to get your job back in the, into action. So um, talking about coaching, and <laughs> I know through the course of the show, we've, we've met so many coaches. So I'm going to throw it to the people that are coaches, sort of. You know, let's go once again a little bit about what you do and more importantly, some of the new things that you've found out, um, you know, through the course of being uh, your, doing your coaching, what people really are looking for and maybe you found your own little niche. So I'm going to actually go start with Susan first because Susan has sort of been the founder of something kind of unique and I think that's, you know, I think it's very uh, important right now um, as we are isolated and not being social, what does social, social-ish, socialization, what does that all mean as we're going to get try to get back to the new norm, Susan? Well, uh, thanks for asking. Social-ish is a new community that's combined with a variety of courses and uh, coaching as well. And it's really meant to bring people together as they go through the transitions and transformation they're wanting to do whether it's in conjunction with coaching or whether it's in conjunction with uh, connecting with, with other people. I think right now people uh, obviously are very isolated and they're separated from one another and they have this need to be not just, not just together physically, but also connected as they move through challenging times so they can learn from each other. So that's what Socialist is intended to do is to bring people who are looking for the same type of thing to support each other as they move through these, these times together. Um, and so what are they looking for right now? It depends. It's different, right? You know, you have some people who are looking for um, connection to maybe a greater purpose. I, I, I've got a number of clients who are, who are looking to move forward during this time and to connect with, you know, how can they make a pivot in their career? How can they find something meaningful? How can they feel a sense of um, meaning in their work, but also connecting with something that really now works with the time that we're in because it's different. So, mm -hmm. you know, I refer to this as the great pivot because suddenly we've all had to, okay, regardless of what we're doing, we've all had to shift 
in our work, in our home lives, in our personal lives, and it's, it's different. It's different. So uh, again, the coaching that I've been doing has been moving towards a deeper connection for people as they go through challenging times and, you know, coming out on the other side a lot better than before. So um, we're moving through those times right now. Yeah. And like, is it people from all different walks of life, Susan, that you are meeting as far as clients? From different walks of life, I would say yes, um, they are. They tend to be people who are either in a career transition, midlife, and they've got many, many things coming at them. So a lot of the adults, I actually, that's not true. I, I, my clients go anywhere from, you know, their 70s to, you know, 18, 19, 20. So it's really quite a range. But there's a similarity in that they're trying to achieve goals or trying to make changes. And they're looking for some guidance and accountability, I think is particularly a main thing, um, to help clarify what they're looking for. And they're also looking for some tools, right? So I, I, the type of coaching that I do helps them to not only gain some clarity, but also to validate who they are and, and what their strengths are, and then give them tools to work through. Mm-hmm. And the accountability part is important because it's easy to read a lot of stuff online, but if you don't actually move through the stuff that's going to help you to change and to create new habits, then you're kind of just absorbing more information, but not necessarily making that change so mm-hmm. right so yeah so they're I would say they're from a wide variety of of, uh, of areas right now yes well and I I'm probably it's going to be almost the same kind of theme I think for a lot of you uh Linda to you now I mean and you really focus a lot on women and I mean even pre-pandemic women were coming to the forefront. There was a lot of, you know, movements, you know, hashtag me too. There's so many things, um, giving voice to the oppressed, uh, learning more about, you know, the different cultures and how they treat women and the whole idea of, you know, of getting them socialized, getting them into the mainstream and, and really helping them. And at the same time, I think for you, it's been more of a, a personal journey too, correct? Through your coaching. Very much so. Sorry, my dog. Oh, I know. <laughs> Mine's here too. <laughs> oh, he's so big. Oh my God. Not so much a puppy anymore. No. <laughs> um, absolutely. Coaching has been a very personal journey for me. I, I live in the transformation of what is possible through coaching. And for me, the biggest, uh, the biggest revelation was thought work. It was uh, becoming aware of my thoughts, realizing that they were optional and that I did not have to follow every thought that went through my head down every rabbit hole that I could learn how to manage my mind was revelatory for me. So when we're talking about coaching, Susan did a great job of, of you know, seeing like what the basis is transformation and Clients who come to me, um, they're not necessarily looking for, you know, they're not coming to me saying, you know, I'd like to shift my mindset and I'd like to, you know, have a sharper focus. No, they're coming to me saying, 
I wake up every morning and I feel overwhelmed before I even roll out of bed. I've got these goals and I can never get to them. I can't say no to my mother-in-law to save my life. I, you know, my kids are, I'm reacting to my kids and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I know I want to make these changes, but I don't feel confident. Um, I'm feeling alone. Like this is the, like I'm the only person in the world who has these problems, right? It's all my fault. So that's what people come to me with. And so through a process of um, what I do is we set goals, but it's more, the goals we set are based on becoming very clear on why they want these goals in their lives to, you know, what, what vision they have of the future that would be delightful for them, um, learning how to manage their mind. Thought work is just so key. Um, realizing that feelings are actually a superpower, that we spend so much of our time trying to avoid feelings and learning that you can feel anything and not fall apart is also a huge, huge shift for many people. Um, learning how to take action before you're ready, not waiting for the confidence fairy to come in the middle of the night and tap you on the head and say, you're ready. It's like, no, you're, you're, you're going to go now, even though you feel sick, even though you feel nervous, even though you're, you know, freaking out inside, you're going to, you're going to take action. Um, one of the big parts of the process is decision-making. Um, you know, that's something that holds a lot of us back is decisions and we can overthink them. We can overanalyze over research. You know, we give each ourselves like, you know, a month to make a decision that could have been made in like five minutes. If we were willing to make mistakes, if we were willing to fail and learn from our mistakes, that's a big one. Um, I also, like Susan said, you know, um, setting up that accountability piece, um, it helps. You know, if, if you've got one of your goals is to do last year's taxes, right? And you're just feeling like so much shame that you haven't got them done and you keep procrastinating because you think, oh my gosh, every time I think about doing my taxes, I think I'm bad at math. Like I should have done this already. You know, you're already beating yourself up. Having that accountability piece is brilliant because you are, you know, have somebody else you know, knowing that you're doing this really hard thing, you can check in with them and say, yeah, I did. I, you know, I did that pile of receipts and, you know, uh, having the accountability and um, a community support system is also part of it. And then one of the biggest, uh, the last piece of uh, process that I use with my clients is self-care. Um, putting yourself at the top of the to-do list all of the things that we know what we should be doing. We know we need rest. We know we need to eat. We know need, you know, eat healthy. We need, we know we need to do all these things, but getting ourselves to do them is the, <laughs> is the uh, missing ingredient often. Mm -hmm. um, and really focusing on uh, learning how to be kind to ourselves, learning how to, you know, just say, a kind word to ourselves and caring about ourselves is it can be a, 
um, that can be a massive shift in itself for how we approach our days and how we how we achieve our goals. So for me, it's it's a it's a whole process um, that I go through with my clients, and it is personal for me because I rely on all of these things myself. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I most of you know I lost my mom recently, and you know it's very challenging and very difficult. But I noticed that I'm able to uh, manage it much easier because I've already got these habits and mindsets in place so that if, you know, if things are going downhill, they don't have to go too far downhill. I can, you know, put the brakes on or, you know, if, if I'm starting to get really ah, just, you know, spinning out, um, I can stop myself easier with all of these uh, tools in place. Aww. Oh, thank you. Aww, thank you. Uh, I know it, it's uh, it's it's hard, especially when you lose someone that you know a, a loved one, and yeah, and it must be amazing too when you're having to be a coach for other people that are falling apart. When uh, you have to try and keep it all together yourself inside, it, it, that's really tough. But it, you know what? It's not actually. No, that's what's uh, interesting. No, no, it's um, it's actually the opposite. When I'm going through a rough time myself. Mm-hmm. I find coaching to be uh, so easy to do. I find I, I focus because for me, coaching is I'm listening to the other person's thoughts mm-hmm. and helping them break that down. And that skill that I have as a coach doesn't leave me when I'm, when I'm going through a difficult time. It's like, you know, I, I, a great analogy is if you're trained as a nurse and you're going through a really rough time in your life and you're having a really you know difficult time, if you were out at a restaurant and somebody cut themselves, you know what to do. It, we wouldn't mm-hmm. be like, oh, you know what? I can't deal with this right now because I'm grieving. It's like, no, you know exactly what to do. Your skills and your abilities don't go anywhere. So it's, it's uh, yeah, I actually find um, it's, I can, I can, I can coach really, really effectively. In in fact, sometimes more so because um, I'm really in tune with where other people's trauma can be or other people's blocks or sadness, you know, so interesting. Oh, yeah. So I'm just going to actually go into our little group chat here. And, and welcome, Cynthia. And I think I see, is that Sonia? Sonia's here, yeah. Uh, can we do, she just needs to be let in. Can we do Sonia? Uh, can we, yeah, can we do Sonia's uh, car karaoke? <laughs> Let's all do a song with her. She's driving. Um, but Cynthia, she's you, a singer, you know. She's I know. A chart, yeah, she's a charting recording artist. All right, like uh, like let's do the weekend or Ariana Grande for us, okay? You know, <laughs> send us something good. Um, but I just quickly want to say hello to Cynthia. And Cynthia, spinning off Linda and what you were saying that when I said it must be hard for you to keep your, your own personal feelings when you're coaching. And Cynthia, you know what? You're right. She says, I agree. It's easier for me to feel for others and actually do that work on your her own self, which is probably true. And it's probably why we need coaches, right, ladies? Yeah. Um, you know, to open that. Um, I'm going to go to, to uh, Sylvia. If people haven't met Sylvia, Sylvia, Sylvia Marusik, she's from Mind Body Works, but she has her business partner here, Sonia, who's in the car. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to kind of like, to, in the vein of coaching, um, Susan and, and Linda are more like, you know, 
more individual. I just want to take maybe your perspective, ladies, on the whole wellness and the need for coaching in business and, and corporations as, and, and Linda will, uh, Cynthia will love it and Rana will love it, is, you know, breaking down that period, that period, period, I can't say the word anymore. Paradoxical? <laughs> yeah, yeah, paradoxical. There, there, you did survival, so I'm going to say paradoxical. That's a great word. <laughs> <laughs> it works. Um, so thank you for, for including um, both of us. I'll, I'll speak a little bit um, about myself, and, and then I'll pass it over to Sonia. So Sonia and I each have our own companies, and we do our own work. Uh, in Mind Body Works, I just want to hop on to, mm -hmm. to something that... Um, and the name is already, I think it, it wasn't Linda, it was Cynthia, I think, that, that spoke after Linda. Uh, was it? No, it was, it was something you just said, Linda. Yeah, something. And so as a, so I'm a professional speaker and my topics are health and well-being and pretty much everything under the, that umbrella. And my topics are loosely grouped into personal health and corporate health. But you said something about coaching that really struck me, and it is the... Um, Regardless of what you're going through, the, the, uh, it is transformative to be able to help people regardless of where you're at. And for some of us, because I have a nurturing archetype, that's my archetype, I default to nurturing in, in, in every aspect of my life. And so that never leaves me. So the, be, the ability to be a coach never leaves me. But what I did not realize was how much... I needed to do that for my own well-being until I was diagnosed with cancer last year completely unexpectedly. And the day after I was diagnosed, I was in a manufacturing company where I provide um, on-site injury prevention services. So in addition to the professional speaking and all the other stuff, I, I do this. I'm an occupational therapist, so I do this hands-on on-site injury prevention and I spent so the next day I did not tell a soul that I had just been diagnosed with breast cancer uh, it was a rough evening the night before a rough night hey I just closed that door you guys my dogs just opened the door um, I did not realize until I went through a three and a half hour morning with injured workers some of who were suffering stress injuries they weren't physically hurt they needed me to talk to. After that, I went back into my car and realized that for three and a half hours, I hadn't thought about my own suffering once. I hadn't thought about my diagnosis once. I did not think about my own issues once. And what that gave me was the understanding, knowledge, and conviction that regardless of what's going on in my life, I can help other people in a way that was so humbling and so meaningful to me. And I felt so thankful and grateful that I could still do that. Like I just get goosebumps thinking about it because that's the thing. It doesn't really matter where we're at. Our responsibility to, to show love and kindness and support and respect to others doesn't change. And in fact, we are still more than capable of it even when we're struggling and in that struggle and in that giving, we get so much back. So can I get a hallelujah on that one? That, that was just such a revelation for me. So when it comes to coaching for me, I also do personal health coaching or personal mm -hmm. well-being or purpose finding. My clients range in age from 14 to 
whatever. But what I really love to do along with that is leadership coaching. Um, one of the things, and Sonia, Sonia and I are really into this together. We also have a company, so we have our own companies, but we have a company that we share called Survival of the Fittest. And what I love to do, what we love to do uh, together, but what I also love to do and Sonia loves to do personally and outside of this uh, partnership is coach leaders to get a little more in touch with their hearts and not lead just from their heads. Because people, you can throw a policy at someone and you will absolutely put them to sleep. They can throw their sleeping pills out. They'll read that policy. They'll go to sleep. Not that policies aren't important. But that is not how to create change in an organization or a culture shift. You have to find the heart of your employees. And when we say these things to leaders, instead of them feeling like, great, I got one more thing dumped on me, we are actually making their jobs easier. Because we're giving them a secret weapon, a superpower to create culture change that makes everything better. And now I'll turn it over to Sonia. Thank you. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Hi, Sonia. Hi, how are you? Good, good. Are you like at a stop or? Are you... I, I stopped and turned my car off. I've got, I got out of the city so that I knew exactly how much time it was going to take me to get to my next place so I could hop on for about 20 minutes or so. <laughs> this is the least I've ever looked on a Zoom chat. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, uh, you're uh, definitely in, in transit, so you know it. We, you have the stage now. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm, I missed the first part. Am I just talking about some of the, the coaching kind of stuff that I do and, well, and the framework? That yeah, like, and I guess the question is, you know, obviously to promote and show everybody, let everybody know what's out there for them. But, you know, I sort of wanted to take the angle with uh, survival is really looking in on the businesses. And, I mean, and, and that's going to be changing ever-changing now as you're not going to get everybody back to work. People are going to be tied between going in back to the office or staying at home. There's so many different kinds of situations that as an employer, um, you're, you're almost like, what do I do? Yeah. Well, but something that's been interesting since we talked to you about Surf Rival of the Fittest, because we, we, we have launched it now, is we thought that we were really going to launch and lead off with um, our little presentation or a, a keynote on all the, the stress stuff and all that mm -hmm. kind of thing. What we've actually launched with, we're partnering with a global safety company on it, is a leadership series because <laughs> we're just like, the okay in 2021 is not I'm okay of 2019. I'm okay is different now. Mm -hmm. We are, we're, we're coping in this thing that we're in and when, when a leader says, well, I'm okay and I got to keep myself together because all this stuff's going on with my employees, it isn't the same. So they're really who needs a lot of the support in a company first mm -hmm. because they're the, one that's, that, they're the ones that are holding so much more than they were before 2020. And then honestly, like, you know, we say in some of our promo stuff, they were holding too much even before because mm -hmm. we were all telling people how to eat, sleep and breathe before 2020 happened and, and now it's worse. So there was a wellness crisis anyway. So with the, the leadership series that we're doing, we are, are offering that coaching mm -hmm. and it is on heart centered and not just a, you have to, you know, find your heart to be this way with your employees. You have to find it for yourself first. Yeah. You have 
change the question, what's wrong with me to what has happened to me. Before you can change that question for your employees, instead of saying, what is wrong with you? What has happened to you? Because that changes the conversation. So that's where we come at it from. It's like, yes, we need to do, you know, we're, we need to build resilience after this. Right now is not the time for resilience training. And I think all the coaches here would agree. We need to get through this. The way we get through this and how we process it afterwards to prepare ourselves for when stuff happens again, that is where the resilience can be built. So we don't need a big list of things to do right now. We just need to be really honest about what has happened and kind of where all of this is headed and find the things that are going to ground us now that are going to make us kind to ourselves now. Because if we don't figure that out as leaders or, or help, you know, the people that we're coaching find that, they cannot be that to other people when, when this is over. So my, my personal coaching, my one-on-one stuff is a little bit different, although I have morphed it into what I do for um, management teams and, and leadership teams. Nutritional therapy is my background. I've actually really intentionally narrowed my scope. I still have the food and the nutritional therapy when it comes to therapeutic supplements to heal a body system, to correct imbalances in the body. But I'm very much focused on what I call, oh, I call it timeline therapy, but apparently that's a real therapy that psychologists practice. So that's not actually what I do. <laughs> but what, what I do is I use a person's whole timeline, their whole story on, on a line across a bunch of papers, sometimes it's three, all the way across. And we look at the cause and effect of everything that has happened to them. And when a person sees their timeline and they see that the C-section that they were born into interrupted their microbiome, all the antibiotics for those ear infections, the ear infections that might have been caused by a faulty microbiome because it was a C-section, antibiotics that trashed it further, which then gave them tummy aches and food intolerances, which made puberty tough, which then, you know, nothing left to go on once they leave home, then they're on anxiety meds, then that that vibe that they have, they're attracting unhelpful partners. They get into a difficult relationship. Then they're on anti-anxiety and antidepressant meds. And then the heartburn and the GERD and the IBS and then metabolic syndrome by the time they're 60. This is a lot of people's timelines. And I hate saying it that fast because it sounds so not empathetic, <laughs> but it is. And when someone sees all the cause and effect of those things, or when I go and draw out those timelines, depending on the average ages of males and females in a company or in a department for the leaders, for themselves, because a lot of the men, that's still a lot of men in the companies that, that I've been in, they're like, oh, that's my wife. And then they start to see the people working for them differently. And then it's what has happened to you that this is how much you're costing me in medications and stress leave right now. It changes everything. So I do that for the individual. And then once they don't blame themselves and they don't hate themselves and they're like, oh, the question is what has happened to me, not what is wrong with me. That is, that's just where I start. And then it's a little bit kind of different with everyone and everywhere that you go. But that is the shift. If I talk to leaders in a company or I talk to someone one-on-one -on -one as a coach, that's the shift that I go for. Because after that, everything gets easier. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that that timeline is pretty scary, and and now yeah, we have do have a better understanding if you kind of put it down like that, Sonia, too as well. I I'm gonna ask you: Had this pandemic and COVID and all of this not happen, where would we be today? Even probably worse, right? I'm probably 
having these conversations would be, we wouldn't be having them. Yeah, I, I honestly feel like one of the reasons why all this stuff has come up and even why like that movement in the States that was the biggest that they've ever had during the pandemic was in, in a way simply because for the first time in a hundred years, we all stopped and caught up with ourselves, felt our own pain, our own misery and the isolation. And for anyone that was able to process that, that somewhat well, they suddenly found a space in themselves to care about others as much as they've always wanted to, but never had the capacity, the energy or the space to. So I, yeah, I think that that's why so much more of this is happening right now. Cause we had to stop. I had to stop my whole trajectory yeah. of my business changed because of this. And I kind of stopped coaching people because it was, you know, I was languishing and it was hard for me. So I took care of myself too. Mm -hmm. Well, I love yeah. that word languishing. We're going to talk about that next week but i'm gonna go to uh cynthia thank you so much cynthia for joining us and i know um this is a large part coaching has been your transformation your journey that you know unfortunately is taking you thousands of miles away from us but um your work is so important in opening the eyes right to your community everybody's community and and seeing people as people as human beings. Yeah, Tracy, I mean, it, it's so interesting. So, I mean, for the guests that, that don't know, so I approach it from um, the lens of a gender identity coach and kind of the unique raison d'etre that I have found is helping others understand acceptance without understanding. And, you know, one of the foundational elements of that is to see the human first. And it's so intriguing because I agree with everyone else. Like the first part, and, and I put in the comments, right? The first aspect of preparing yourself to learn, a, to live, sorry, a life of acceptance is to really step back and make sure that you're not an empty vessel because you can't serve yourself nor anyone else from it. And so, you know, I, I use the, the story that it really, really struck me. I was working with um, a young mom. Um, she was going to mid-level career and she had uh, four kids. And she went like, you know, just I, sometimes I just, I'm not enough. And, um, you know, she's not enough for the kids. She, she doesn't feel like she's being a good enough mom. And, you know, that carried on into work. And I looked and I said, hon, I said, you're not enough for yourself right now. And that is so countercultural for us to look at the perspective and say, well, that's being selfish. If you're empty and you're part of a family, part of a working unit, part of a community, you cannot serve others if you're empty. And so you have to do it. It's not selfish, it's self-care. And so we learn to move from that place in order to really get in a position, you know, to take care of others. And so that's, you know, kind of the evolution of where we start from. And of course, that's the beginning, but you still have to travel the journey to accept yourself. And I, I mean, gosh, I mean, as women, it's, do we accept, um, you know, our body shape, our mindset, um, you know, where we're at in life, so many things 
where we're constantly questioning. And of course, you know, on the other side of the business, I work with the 2SLGBTQIA plus community, and not only them individually within their own life and career paths, but also with their families who may be struggling with the journey or the path that they're on. And again, it all boils down to, can we just see our humanity first? So, you know, when we think of what happened in the United States and that whole movement, it's like, you do not need to understand another human being's journey that allows you to grasp their truth. Mm -hmm. I go, you need to just accept their truth. It's their lived truth. They traveled it. It's what they've experienced. It's not for you to tell them whether it's right or wrong. Right. You can only do that for your own journey. And you can say what is right or wrong for you, not somebody else. And so, you know, when you think of as a parent, that applies to kids. That we put so much emphasis on, you know, I mean, I have a daughter. She's 23. And it's like when I went through my own journey, one of the conversations we had to have is, honey, we're not going to have a father-daughter dance. Right. And really to break down that whole process. What does it look like? And, and know that that's a consequence of the journey that I was on that directly impacts her. Um, but, you know, the same thing is like, I'm assuming that she's going to get married or, you know, that she wants to have a ceremony or that she may have kids. Those are assumptions I'm putting on her as a parent, right? And we all do it. And so the whole idea is, can I just accept she's at where she's at? You know, we say in business, you meet your customer where they're at. You meet mm -hmm. others where they're at. And this is exactly, you know, what this is about. But the whole idea is to do it with acceptance, which means to learn to do it without judgment. Mm -hmm. And that's hard. Mm -hmm. And that's where, the work, that's where the deep work comes in. And that's why we need to do it ourselves. Because before you can accept yourself, you have to do the deep work to truly be able to look at yourself without judgment. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> I'll leave it there. Oh, yes, yes, Amen. we'll leave it there. <laughs> I know, I know, another, another great one. Uh, and, and you know what, Cynthia, that uh, you've just, I think you, you have a very wonderful gift to really reach people and touch people, and that's something that you can't train or you can't coach. Um, I'm going to go to Rana though now. Rana, you've always been through your storytelling and through just being you. I think um, you coached, um, <laughs> and 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 you and <laughs> no, and but you do help a lot too, like in your business as a lawyer and dealing with the indigenous groups and all the other people that you you do help. But admittedly, so too, right? You have to do some self care and some self love too. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, and I and I appreciate Sylvia and Linda and Susan and Charlotte and Cynthia, you guys, it's just, it was, you know, and I and I apologize, I've kind of been on my phone because I'm dealing with a disaster, but like I'm, <laughs> I'm paying attention and I am listening. Um, but I just, uh, yeah, you guys just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful um, thought process that you guys are kind of bringing to the forefront, right? And, and I think that um, to hear it, and I hope that people who are listening, when they hear it, they kind of understand and they kind of jolt them a bit. You know what I mean? Like, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of value in self care, and what is defined as self care is not the same for everyone. Some people 
um, you know, they find their self-care and spirituality. Some people find their self-care uh, being with family. So, so as long as the path that is nurturing for yourself is available to you during COVID, um, I think that's that, that's a really important part because I I know for a lot of people and some of the communities I work with, I know a lot of their healing is deeply connected and their self-care is deeply connected in giving and being with their families. Um, and now you have a situation where that is the crux of their self-healing um, and that is the one thing they cannot do, right? So uh, it, it is quite different and I think it's quite different across cultures and it's quite different across groups of people. Uh, and it's quite different across um, you know, how your family is structured. So, so I think that, you know, just acknowledging um, everything you guys said and just kind of adding that point to it, that, that um, it, it, it is, it is just different. And I think that, um, I think sometimes it's really important to, to, to view um, what, what self-care means from, from not a very kind of Eurocentric lens and from different perspectives, right? Because I think that, um, you know, and as much as I kind of listen to everyone, I'm like, yep, these are all check marks, right? Like I would say this to my sister, my, my brother, my friends, I would absolutely do it. Um, there's always these little components that are very specific. Um, and I think that perhaps the questions, you know, maybe maybe it's more of a, you know, and I know from for, for just listening to all of you guys, I, I, I'm recognizing that there's a, when you guys are talking about self-care, you're also doing that question and answer part, like what does self-care look like to you? What does your healing journey look like? So I acknowledge that from your coaching perspective, but I think that there, there's a lot of people who actually don't do that, right? There's a a lot of people who sit there and be like, well, this is what you need to do. And I'm your coach and I'm going to tell you that. And that's not what anybody needs. And that's surely not what people uh, from different worlds and different lenses and their, and their life is very different. That's that's not what they would ever need that. I think you need to have that, um, you know, that that fact based kind of, you know, seep in the deep end and see what does your 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 real your crew, your, your the deepest core of you, what does that self-care look like and I think that um I, I'm so just listening to you, my point is, is that I just you know it just kind of clicked in my head because I was listening thinking about a lot of people that I would be working with and what they're what makes them happy what makes them sleep well at night what makes them not have that anxiety and that depression and blah blah, blah. so that's the one part of it the second part of it is you know like um you know, coaching and, and all these things, it's it's kind of nice to see a lot of women and a lot of strong women and a lot of intelligent women who are kind of have that nurturing, kind of empathetic, fact-based, intelligent, but also caring approach to it. Um, you know, a long time ago, my version of coaches used to be like that Tony Robbins kind of, you know what I mean? Like that type of you know, like that really, really yelling kind of scenario. And I think for a lot of people, like, I, I hope they start to see that there's a different way now, or, you know, because from what I remember, like, that's what I always, that's what I always kind of equated with coaching, right? Like those really hard guys yelling at you and screaming at you. So, so this has kind of been kind of enlightening. And I, and I, and I, I would think that for a lot of people listening, they would hear your compassion and all of the knowledge that you guys bring forward and be like, wow, I would much rather have that type of coaching, whether it's for my emotional health, my business, uh, for anything that I do, you know, um, because this seems more fitting to, to me. Um, and as a business owner, like, I don't know, maybe it's my time. Maybe it's something that I would should be exploring because it's hard. 
Like it is hard. It is very, very difficult to not have a sounding board. Um, and, you know, we have colleagues and we have friends and we have all these people, but sometimes you really need a person who's not emotionally invested in your happiness or your well-being. And I think that that's another really important part about uh, why people should seek out that type of expertise, right? Because I mean, I can go to 100 friends, but, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to be like, well, I don't want Rhonda bitch about this, so I'm going to tell her to do this, <laughs> right? <laughs> so maybe that that neutral third party um, is always is always really, really nice. But I mean... Hands down, I'd pick any of you guys any day. <laughs> so thank you. Can I just pop in and just say one thing about friends? Mm -hmm. Friends, you love them so, so much. But remember, they're going to tell you what they think you want to hear. Mm -hmm. A coach will tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. And I say that with so much love and respect for all of our friends and all of our coaches. I mean, we've probably all had coaches I remember saying to one of mine, how about we try something different today and you tell me what I want to hear. <laughs> and he laughed and said, you will only ever get the truth from me. And I'm like, I tried. <laughs> well, I, Anyways, didn't mean to interrupt. I no, just had to say no, that. No, and this is all good. Yeah, but I was just going to add, though, uh, Sylvia, there are exceptions to the rule. Rana is one. She'll tell you exactly. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty hard. Yeah, I'm pretty. <laughs> but to be fair, to be I know. fair, I know. Um, you know, you know, I, I'm a, I don't know, and, I, and you know, it, it's, it's the reason why I kind of sucked at politics when it came to presentation, <laughs> right? Because I just, I just don't have a bullshit bone in me. Like, I, I just need people to hear what has to be said. I don't feel like, you know, just kind of humming and hawing over stuff and um you know and I, I, to be honest with you we're talking about coaching and self-healing and healing in general for a really long time you know um right after politics i felt that that was um a bad trait that i had to be honest with you people oh. made me feel like it was a trait that that was not deemed kind of worthy like it, it was some sort of and people do this with women a lot well if if you can't control quote unquote, your emotions, which is what was not what I was actually doing, um, then you are not kind of able or worthy or you're too emotional or blah, 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 blah. Um, and then it took a long time for me in, in law. And then just to kind of see, um, you know, when I was like, no, I just need to be me because that is my self care and my self healing. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want the anxiety of thinking after the fact of I did something or I said something that was so not aligned with who I was because that gives me anxiety, right? Yes. It makes me feel icky. It makes me feel bad. I run it through my mind. Um, yeah, so, so, but it took a lot of healing just on that point even, just on that point to, to recognize that we, that people, people, you know, have all these, you know, I mean, I love picture filters right now i'm getting over it but i used to I'm, i used to really love them but i think it's that filter that we have of ourselves and i think it's really important to have filters you know and filters that, that that make you not be sexist racist homophobic blah 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 right all that stuff that are just icky human qualities though that's the filters that's the stuff well frankly you shouldn't need filters for that you should just not be those things right but if you're in public life i think that um you know you're just so forced to not, you know, not say a swear, not say anything. And I'm like, I say it in my house. Uh, I say it with my friends. I say it with anybody that I need to say it. It's just my way of communicating. But 
if we were going to balance the positives and negatives, I could tell you that me saying shit is much less of a negative than me telling you directly and clearly what I think and what I feel based on my knowledge and what may help you and what might be like really good advice that you may not get from somebody else. So I guess my point is just from like a public life perspective, it's just that, you know, I can't, I remember that time where I felt like, wow, like I'm not allowed to really say anything. Like I literally cannot say anything that is not scripted. And then people would be like, well, she's just, you know, she used to be authentic and now she's not authentic. Well, yeah, I'm not authentic because you're giving me words to say that don't, they're not me. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So anyways, if I ever go back to politics, I can show you there's going to be opposition um, research <laughs> on all these huge crews, every one of them. The, the 60 or 70 that we did, where they're like, well, she said shit here, she said blood here, like, guaranteed. So I thank know. you, Tracy. Yeah, well, you know what, I'll just I'll just do a blooper reel and send it to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, if you want to do me a favor, I'll help you with that. Yeah, too, like, okay, <laughs> yeah, let's just get it, put it right out there. But yeah, you know what? Put it out there. At um, some point, it's gonna happen, and I know it's—you know—I'm getting the itch again, so I can feel it. That's gonna, perfect. No, it, no, and and it's tough, right, um, for us to feel like that because certainly men don't feel like that. No, they yeah. can. Yeah, Cynthia's like <laughs> her head is gonna come off. <laughs> I know, um, and I mean that's then I guess that's you know the thing that we're still the battle is still gonna be there. Um, you know, it really kind of um, made me scared and, and felt very hard. It was just on the, on the news again last night. But uh, the U.S. are pulling out their troops from Afghanistan. And it wasn't, you know, anything to do with the troops leaving. It was to do with the women there and how since the troops were there, you know, they felt a sense of security. They were able to move a little bit forward, you know, everything like that. And now they're afraid again because... Every, life can go back to where it was, and it's yeah. and it's so it's scary. This is 2021. I, I said, like, why is this happening? But um, you know, those are things that I guess it's culture. It's a long, long time of you know the way of, a way of life, and you hate to say it, that's the way of life. It it shouldn't be. So hoping that things. Sorry. Are what? Sorry. What? Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. 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 Enlighten me. So. Sorry, what? not sorry. Sorry, sorry not sorry. sorry. Yeah. And I, and I, I, this is why I love Tracy so much because you know, like, it's just I, 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 I completely know where your heart is. You know what yeah. I mean? So I'm, I'm, yeah, so I'm yeah. just gonna say really, really quickly here. Yeah. It is nobody's, nobody's, nobody's job or place to judge something that those women are feeling, number one. And to be completely fair, as a person who has lived on that side of the world, mm -hmm. very close to those places for almost seven or eight years, mm -hmm. um, just because there is a media source in Canada or the States who want to make <laughs> sure that their troops look like heroes, uh -huh. <laughs> always, um, that is not really always the case. So what I would mm -hmm. say, Mm -hmm. is when these things are happening and they're showing all this footage of all oh, those poor, you know, women, mm -hmm. which, you know, uh, they're very strong women, very yeah. strong women. And uh, they actually don't hate their culture. What they hate is people coming into their world and blowing it up and then acting like they're fixing it because the initial issue didn't come from them, right? So there's a lot of history there. So just in that terms, mm -hmm. as much as, you know, 
I get it. I get it's mainstream media. I get we feed into whatever whatever they say. Um, but there's also local media, and I think that it's very easy to find uh, both sides and mm -hmm. numerous sides of a story mm -hmm. uh, in this day and age, in 21st century, just by Googling, you know, uh, Afghan news with, you know, um, subtitles. Or you can, mm -hmm. BBC is actually pretty good for, for local news. Al Jazeera is really good for other news, uh, local other media sources. There's also some women's, um, very women uh, promoting, like very... Um, vocal about women's issues, mm -hmm. uh, media sources on that side of the world. But what I would say is as much as people think that, oh, boohoo, this is going to happen. Yeah, there's some turmoil that will happen if they leave because there are yeah. issues in those places. Um, but I think that it let's let's not poor, poor women here. You know, we're very they're, they're very, very strong. Um, you know, our ancestors are very, very strong. We've come from a lot of different places and not all of it was you know, local. There's a lot of U.S. Uh, rapes, issues, uh, blowing up families, killing, burning down houses that has also happened. So I just want to make that clear. It's not all, you know, boohoo, poor them, poor them, poor them. Um, and I surely don't think that there's any Afghan woman right now who would feel um, good being the pity child of, you know, somebody sit, uh, uh, us sitting halfway across the world. Um, so I'm just going to say that out now because cause I know. <laughs> so, I know. so, but then, so then you're saying that, you know, that the majority, they're, they're going to be fine. Like life will go on and life has always, yeah, always go on. on. Yeah. And life has always gone on Iraq. Yeah. I just mm -hmm. came from Iraq. You guys know yeah. this, you know, do you think Iraq benefited for at all? <laughs> we were there. All we saw is blowing up buildings and people taking care of themselves. Mm -hmm. Sorry. You blew up their world and now you want to act like your saviors, but that's not the case. Yeah, that's not the case. So um, there's always others. There's always other pivot. There's always other necessary pivots. Um, and I just w w what I'm trying to say is mm -hmm. um, that narrative is not beneficial. Sometimes I think that that narrative of, you know, these women are so oppressed and so mm -hmm. poor. Yeah, you know, we want their freedom. So everyone should have the freedom to wear shorts and tank tops and blah, blah, blah. But at the same breath, they're not allowed to have the freedom to cover up. What? Freedom, right. freedom. If mm -hmm. you believe one, you got to believe the other. Choice is theirs, right? I mean, it's, so, so yeah. that's kind of what I'm saying is that mm -hmm. it's not all what it seems like. So, um, but the point of my story is there's a lot of other news media sources. Mm -hmm. They're all locally available. Uh, you can get subtitles to listen to it um, and make whatever judgment or whatever kind of getting all the information. Yeah. Uh, and so if you're gonna if those communities or those nations or those countries are going to be spoken about. I think it's really important to do history and learn about uh, when the U.S. first got there, what the history behind everything was, why, who brought, how it became what they became. Because I can tell you, it wasn't themselves. It came from outside forces. So, and that's just from living there, being there, knowing it, being a part of it. So well, thank you. No, no, I mean, and thank I'm sorry you. I had to jump in on that, yeah. but I just, I, 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 no. I think that really important to clarify yeah. things at times like that so nope. sorry not sorry see just thank i you told you yeah she you just <laughs> i wanted to i so appreciated your comments and i wanted to bring this back around to mm -hmm. coaching because your point is to question the narrative and coaching is questioning our our internal narrative we're questioning the stories that we have been brought up with, we've been sold, we've been immersed in, 
for so long that we don't even recognize that they're stories anymore that mm -hmm. we're telling ourselves and coaching interrupts that. Oh, and I love that you pointed that out, that you always have to question the narrative, question the source yes, and ask, is this narrative helping? Like, as yeah. you said, for women in Afghanistan, is that narrative of them being a victim helpful? No, not mm -hmm. at all. No. <laughs> yeah. is, and you then have to ask yourself that, is the narrative, my internal narrative of a story that I've been telling myself that makes me a victim of something, is that helping me get what I want in my, in my life or in my future? Is it creating happiness? And so I, I love that, that it, it brought it I back. Love that you brought it right back around. It's yeah, no, I love that. It, it was beautiful. And, and Tracy, you had said at the beginning of the show, you know, you, you said like, you know, if people are looking for coaches, what do they look for or what would be the fit? And really the only thing that makes people decide on what coach they're going to choose is they think that person can help me. That's the only criteria. It has nothing to do with degrees or even niches or even like what people's focus is. It's the thought that person can help me. And that's mm -hmm. the only thing that we really base our decisions on and mm -hmm. think, yeah, that person gets me. That person could really be my cheerleader, but also a little bit of that, like as Sylvia was saying, that truth telling that we all need as well, that, that outside point of view. Yep. So, thank so the you. real question is, should I get a coach? Yes. yes. <laughs> Coaching is so much fun. Like if you've never had a personal coach, never it have. is so much fun. Like it is like, it is like the secret ingredient in life. <laughs> but okay, I'm biased. So I feel like I'm missing the secret ingredient. <laughs> I'm biased, but it's so <laughs> much fun. Okay. But I just want to add something. Yeah. I, I just want to add something to that um, because sometimes we think of people needing coaches at times of crisis or that's kind of the criteria. Like I'm at, I'm at a crisis point, so therefore I need a coach. But one of the clients that I've been working with, and my clients are mostly um, short-term clients. So, you know, if you're kind of needing me for six months, you probably need someone else because that's probably a really... You know, you might need someone else because most of what I do is, um, you know, three to six sessions and you are probably on your way. You know, I have a 14 year old um, who's had like two sessions with me and, and the, the change and growth is just phenomenal. Probably doesn't need more. But what I think is really cool is one of my clients came to me with this goal. I just want to be the best version of me I can be. So she's doing great, just wanted to level up. And wow, has that been fun and exciting and enjoyable. So Rana, it doesn't have to be a crisis time. It could just be, hey, what could I do to level up in this area of my life? Or maybe there's not even a specific area. It's just, hey, could I, could I feel better than I already do? Like, have any of you experienced a moment in your life where you're super happy, but then you get a happier happy because <laughs> there's another part to your life that gets added? Oh, hell yeah. We've all experienced that. And we're never going to be at the end where we say, you know, I don't need any more improvement in my life. And self-improvement, I'm kind of at the top. 
It's never going to happen. <laughs> I want to meet that person who's at the top of self-improvement. And I want to, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, think, I think Charlotte, Charlotte, you're that person. You're at the top. You know, you, you just sold your house. You got the cottage. You got this great job. You know, you're helping people. People love you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know, and and you're the the peer support expert. So, um, yeah, I guess well, you're you're always dealing with people in crisis, not people that are happy. Well, or is that true? You know, it, it's interesting, Tracy, because I don't even know if you know this this side of uh, my my story. So when um, I was really struggling, and as a parent, you're looking for solutions you're wanting whatever it is you can do to you know save your family member your family so um i actually um, am a certified solution focused coach i have been for years um and keep my hours up to keep my accreditation so um because and it was interesting when i was taking the course i was in it with a whole bunch of hr people and consultants and here I am, this uh, naive mom going, I just want to help parents. And they're like, oh, my God. It's funny because they all keep keep track of me, everybody that was in my class, because um, we spent almost a year together. And uh, they're like, I cannot believe you actually are doing what you said you were going to do. So I spent a lot of time. Um, so when Kirsten and I, or Robin and I, are working with families, you know, you're just really hearing what they what they're wanting, and uh, mm -hmm. and often, you know, they they do want that coaching aspect, and that's the service that I offer, and and that part of our business, it, you know, there is a cost to it, um, and I've become specialized in an area of supporting people who are in hard relationships. And when they're ready to exit out of a hard relationship. So I now have psychologists in the city and, and lawyers referring me clients. Um, and, and so it, that's just kind of the, that wheelhouse that, that I, I work a lot in. Um, and lots of times they do want that peer support piece too. So, you know, mm -hmm. I, I can go, I go both Either ways, way. but it, it's very much, um, seeing what the coaches are seeing what the person is asking for mm -hmm. and exploring some options that might work and then waiting for their reaction because what so eventually something will resonate with them to see where the fit is so so rana my my challenge for you is to interview and and see what where you want to go because you know if you're wanting to you know figure out you know you're wanting to expand your business or you want to work on yourself personally or you know your relationships with others like and then see where which coach as Linda said you know who shines with you and who wants to you know that right fit um, for me the uh, the coaching um, was a really great fit for when I was struggling as a person um, and also that peer support piece too because um, I was going back to listening to what Sylvia said, when you're asking friends for advice or support, they're going to either give you what they think you need to hear, or they're going to give you something that's got a lot of judgment attached to it and may make you feel worse than you already are feeling. Yeah. Um, that's Say goodbye to those friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and that can be family too. You know, they can, family can be super hard on you as well. So, um, that's where that coach can really support you 
to figure out solutions for, you know, where you want to go with your life or, or the changes you want to make. Um, and I also like the part where a coach isn't always there for when you're in a crisis. Um, a, court, a coach is there when you're, you know, you're just wanting to change some things or, you know, feel a little bit better about yourself or, or explore some different options. Um, I work with, you know, I, I'm working with this one client right now who's going through some really, really hard times. And, um, and she comes on our peer support call for families. And so she, she came on the call to celebrate some really great strides she's making. And then I was teasingly sent her a text and I'm like, do you think maybe you could send me some of these updates when you get some good stuff? Cause like, cause I said, cause we got to celebrate this too. Cause she sends to, she tends to check in with me when life is really in a chaotic space and needing some, um, you know, talking around that narrative, like, am I hearing this right? Is this just another, you know, ploy to, to get me off kilter? Cause that's what happens in a lot of cases of, people I'm working with, the external narratives that they're hearing mm -hmm. is causing them to um, do wreak havoc on their internal narratives too. So, um, and that's just bringing it to light, like um, so many of the ladies were saying is, you know, thinking about what actually is being said to you. Um, mm -hmm. And I'll just quickly, Curious Not Furious is, um, is a workshop that's just coming out. Um, we've written it for a client we have in Florida but we'll be showcasing it here up in Canada. Um, super excited about, I mean, one of the things that Rob and Kirsten and I do is we write, we get to write content and workshops and um, trainings of everything that we wish um, was available when we were in different periods of our life. So the, the Curious Not Furious is so often um, when there's behaviors at home and, or hard times at home, family members can go angry first as opposed to, um, like somebody mentioned, um, instead of saying like, what's wrong with you? It's, you know, what happened to you? Um, and just changing your mindset. Uh, I'm working with a father that every time his son walks in the room, he immediately goes angry because he's so disappointed in the mm -hmm. chaos in our house. And then just working through how can we change that mindset that you have because you're pushing it back on your child and you're causing the child to struggle even more. And lots of times parents aren't even aware they're doing it. So yeah. yeah. Wow, so many great things. Can I get all of you uh, to write down your websites and contact in the chat so we can share? Absolutely. Um, I want to share this with, I know that we all know it, but I want to share it with everybody else because I think, you know, it, it is so important um, uh, to have that extra sounding stone and, and to encourage those that are kind of curious and wanting to know what, uh, you know, co having a coach is all about, then, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, follow Rana on her journey. <laughs> I'm actually, <laughs> just, you're joking about it. I'm actually I'm, leaving my email down here. Yes, yeah. This is, is this personal? Is this private? Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah, Never it's mind. just private. Like, yes. I don't really want to give up my private email. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, and thank you so much again, Cynthia. I'm going to give, let Cynthia have the last word because you're always, you know what, you always make our day feel so much better. Wow. Um, I, I mean, what's to say? It, it's the realization that we are all here for a purpose. 
but we're not all ready to necessarily find that purpose. And for people who start to question what may be their purpose, a coach that you connect with, that you align with, can absolutely be the kind of person to help you travel that journey and to meet that aspirational goal that you don't even know you have in life yet. Thank you. And we certainly, yeah, we certainly need to have those goals now, especially as we hopefully cruise into a new normal by summertime and uh, we can all be together again and express all of our love and feelings. I want to just let you all know that next week we're going to go to Wednesday. What are I seeing on my screen here? <laughs> oh my goodness, we're in school again. <laughs> we're going to be on Wednesday at 1 o'clock. Um, Robin is going to be helping me and Charlotte, if you haven't left yet, I need to ask to see if you would have a psychologist that might want to join the show. We're going to be talking about mental health and more importantly, languishing as I think a lot of us are, what that all is, how it's having an effect on our lives and others around us, and uh, hopefully have find ways that we can work out of this kind of uh, languishing. Or, Cynthia, a little bit like the FUD that you expressed too. Yeah. So next week, Wednesday, May 12th at 1 p.m., we'll all be in the classroom again together. And... Uh, well, have a, have a great week, and happy Mother's Day to all the moms there. I know it kind of sprung happy on us Mother's very quickly Day. this Sunday, so yes, celebrate, and congratulations to all of you. All right. Love you all. Thank you, Tracy. Bye-bye. We'll see you next Wednesday. Bye. Big hugs. Yes. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of iLikeHugh.com. Podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on BlastTheRadio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's BlastTheRadio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.